Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Snot Girl. One Scott Pilgrim. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You hope for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 172. Yep. You ready for some magic? Is this the magic one? They're all magic. Oh, okay. This is more of the same. Okay, I was I was just wondering if like 172 was some number that I didn't know about. I haven't checked. Uh, I haven't checked my numerology texts and star maps. I haven't seen if Mercury's in retrograde. Uh, Other nonsense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I am fighting off a cold. That's it's gross. It is gross. Uh, Snot boy. Uh, yeah. Hence the Sant Girl moniker. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Eric. Hey, hey, Robbie. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Cool. I'm not sick. I'm <laughs> the only person on earth that's not sick. You made it. My uh, my my assistant decided to come to work sick today, and I'm like, please don't. Yeah, go he home. sat there all day and didn't say a word. <laughs> I'm like, you get me sick, I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> People, if you're sick, you should just stay home. It's okay. Yes, you should. You should stay yes, home. Yes, you should. Uh, you you ready to talk about some comic books? Uh, I would love to do that. Came here just to do that. Awesome. Oh wait, I didn't mention we're reading Acura volumes one through three for Nerdboy Book Club. Oh wait, yeah, that thing that we do. We do that. We're doing that later. But first, we are going to review some comic books that came out this very past week. It is time for weekly floppies. Weekly Floppies this is the part of the show. Eric and I review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. May or may not be a mush meter involved. Are <laughs> why are you laughing? At you me? just need to you just need to really just just like just like really just ham it up. I'm trying the, not to. It's not very difficult. Our first book is God Country Number One. Words by Donna Cates, Art Jeff Shaw, Jason Wordy on colors, John J Hill on letters and design. Uh, this is the same team who did, uh, the Paybacks and Buzzkill. Yeah, couldn't think of, couldn't think of Buzzkill earlier today. Uh, those books are, I mean, Buzzkill had a, had a, a certain amount of, you know, drama in it, you know, but Paybacks, mm-hmm. Paybacks and was certain, Buzzkill had some of it in there, but Paybacks was certainly more of like a, a lighthearted kind of adventurous yep. thing. This is not that. This is a, a darker kind of more epic mythic feeling thing Mm -hmm. i I would say that it is um it's more like buzzkill and that it's got like a real emotional core to it but is not afraid to throw in comic booky silly nonsense which it it does uh i really like this book no i do too it's it's like old man thor goes senile and he like doesn't know what's what and nearly like kills his son and it and he has a has a 12 foot 
space sword. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. It, 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 I, you know, I follow, uh, Mr. Cates on Twitter. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I've seen lots and lots of hype for this book. And it did not, I did not suffer from the same, from the thing I got from Motor Crush, which we're actually going to be talking about in the second issue later. But mm-hmm. I, I, I was maybe worried I was getting too much hype. I was like expecting too much from anything, but no, I'm really excited about where this book is going. It's, it, it you're right. It has that core, like that, uh, at the core, like a lot of heart and uh, mm-hmm. emotion. Uh, you know, my, I mean, my own grandmother was, you know, lapsed into yeah. me- dementia before she died. And, uh, yes, it's really rough. So it immediately, that immediately impacts me. Uh, yes. I, I don't know. It's, it, it, Shaw's art is really, really, really good. Looks gorgeous. I like the big Texas landscapes and the crazy storm, whatever that thing is. Uh, but I don't know. I'm a buy. I'm, I'm subscribed to this. Old Donnie knows how to make some good comic books. I had to, I had to message him directly and be like, dude, had to, had to Twitter the man. Uh Oh, whoa. Yeah. You went there. You went to the, I don't use Twitter. I don't mean to brag, <laughs> but you use Twitter. Ooh. <laughs> but I can tweet right at some people. Slide into their DMs. Just, just, just bust them up. Just, just at their day. Just ruin them. I don't. So that's double buy on God Country number one. Yeah. Yeah. Next up is Grave Lilies number one, written by Colin Bunn. Even though his his name is misspelled in the credits. Bullshit, really? <laughs> yeah. That's this, amazing. It's only one N on his last name. <laughs> I just noticed that. It's that right is, on the, it's uh, right on the cover, but in the credits. Yeah, it's right it, on the cover. That's so dumb. <laughs> it's really uh written Oh by, my god, <laughs> who who the uh, I I hope someone got slapped for that. That is really funny. That is hilarious. Written, oh my god. Written by Colin Bunn, art by George Cambadeus. Letters by I, I, Fred C. Stressing. I can't help but notice you only pronounce one of the ends. Cam, cam, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I can. You may try harder. To uh, bun, bun, bun. Bun versus bun. 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 This is, uh, this is a weird book. Uh, it's, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, really. It's like these. It's like a weird, uh, almost like a Sentai book. A little bit, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a Sentai, like, they all have their own little powers and their own specialties, and it's like a team, <laughs> but it's got, like, I think, like, I was thinking about Cullen Bunn and that I kind of struggle, like, a lot of, a lot of authors, a lot of comic book writers, like, you kind of get a good sense of their style. Cullen Bunn is very, it took me a while to really think that, like, everything he does is, like, very mysterious. He has a really good sense of mystery. You know, even if like this doesn't feel very occult and I originally thought that it all had to be very occult, but it's I think it really more revolves around mystery. And this this definitely has that. And it it, it intrigues me. And I think these characters are interesting and fun. Yeah, it actually reminds me a little bit of not I mean, not a lot, but just the story and like weird Mm -hmm. kids with powers. You know, we just Mm -hmm. weird. You know, we read Acura this week. It reminds me of Mm -hmm. You know, government people and looking after, chasing after kids with powers. Yeah. What do you think about the art? Um, it's simple. The character faces are a strong point. I feel like there's 
a lot of weakness and blandness in kind of the rest of the the art. I, I will say that the um, I don't know the character acting and the, the the posing of the figures is good. I mean, it's expressive, um, but it's just a little too simple. This is this feels like someone who is. And it, I, I don't, it just occurred to me that this is someone who undoubtedly <laughs> worships, uh, Faith Aaron Hicks. You know, someone who adores Faith Aaron Hicks, but it doesn't have the sheer raw drawing ability that she has. I, I don't, I don't mind the simplicity so much. I do, I don't yeah. like the coloring. I don't like that. I think know, it's fine. I don't like just that. Like five pages in a row, everything is kind of brownish, and then three pages in a row, everything's kind of blue, and then I don't know. I I would prefer a little bit more nuance in the. I I find I think it's fine, um, and I think it complements the art pretty well, you know, because it's kind of like simple art, simple color, mm-hmm. and it it works. I mean, I I don't know. I don't like the weird green page. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that feels really out of place, but the rest of it I think works perfectly fine. I, I really don't have a problem with it. Okay. Uh, I-, I think I'm still, I'm thinking I'm a buy though. I like it. It's, oh, yeah. it's interesting. It, it, it's, I, I think that it's gonna, you know, succeed, su- succeed or fail on the merits of this team and how well, you know, they mesh and how their personalities kind of come out. Reminds me of Paper Girls in a, in a certain way too. Mm-hmm. Because you know all all girl team and uh, mystery and moody. It, it's moody. It's it's also yeah. moody. I think Paper Girls had a limited color palette as well, but I think it worked better in Paper Girls. Did Cliff Chang do the colors in that? I don't remember. He was the I artist, w- correct? I, I, yeah, I want to say Matt Wilson did the colors, but I might be wrong. Mm. Color and Matt. What doesn't he color? It is Matt Wilson. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so you're by? I think so. It's, uh, Cullen Bunn's gonna have to fuck up real bad, like, to get me to not buy his comic book. But I don't know this Cullen Bunn with one N. <laughs> <laughs> He's up and coming. He, he might be as good as Cullen Bunn with two Ns. I don't know. It's the, uh, it's the evil, gal- evil universe yeah. version. Yeah, exactly. He also, it's, also uh, writes comic books. Yeah. But, but evil comics. Evil comics. They're all evil. But with a beard. <laughs> So that's Double Buy, Grave of the Lace, number one. Next up is Motocrush, number two, created by Brennan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tarr. Um, I, they don't, they don't do individual writing art on their credits, I guess. Uh, colors and production, Heather Danforth, letters, Aditya Bidikar. Uh, we were, I mean, we talked a lot about it in our, when we discussed the first issue that we were like, maybe a little overhyped for it. You were still mm-hmm. mo- mostly positive on it, but I think we are a little couple misgivings here and there. Um, I don't know. I think I have a better sense of what this book is now. Yeah. Yeah. After this book, after this issue, it's, I don't know. It's almost melodrama. It's very like broad emotion and stuff like that. Um, you're not supposed to call it broads, Robbie. <laughs> you made me laugh. Uh, I know with that with that awful joke. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I'm I'm more at ease with what this is now, and I I'm on board. I like it. I I I think it's just a better issue. Is it? Um, what what would have been wrong with starting here? Honestly, I I feel like 
I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like this so much better, and maybe it's because all that other stuff is set up, but this intrigues me more. This is more fun. You know, Babs Tar, I was thinking about this, reading this book. A thing that I love about her is she's not afraid to make her comic book sexy. That it it makes me very happy. Is it feels like a lot of artists are trying to make everything as as unsexy as they can. And yeah, I Batgirl was pretty sexy. I just I don't know. I think that uh, that is an appeal of this book is that it is sexy. Yeah, I I I like that, and I think. Uh, uh, sexiness is is something that uh, really should be embraced in in comics and in art. Everything doesn't need to be about redneck stick fighting. I, I think just this one is it is it is close. It's it's smaller. You know that mm. first issue had much larger scope. This is a much smaller thing. Uh, it, it 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 works a lot better. I think. I I think if they had put these two issues together as they're as like a gigantic number one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Brian K. Vaughn seems to for all of his number ones. But, yeah, that would have it would have landed better, I think. But I mean, I, I, this book is still, uh, from what I hear, doing very well. So I don't think it's, it, you know, I don't. It, no. it, it, it certainly didn't hurt them. I think it would have made a better read. Um, I'm a buy, straight up. Oh yeah, there's uh, this is a this is a good comic book. It's the book that I wish number one was. That is a double buy, Motor Crush number two. Next up is JLA. Rebirth Vixen number one, written by Steve Orlando and Jody Hauser, art and color by Jamal Campbell, Clayton Cowles on letters. Uh, this is one of the four JLA Rebirth books. We read the last one last week with the uh, Adam, and uh, now uh, now Vixen gets her turn. She is like a she is like animal an animal. She's exactly like Animal Man, except she has a a, a special totem jewel whatever i don't know what to call it they they literally say totem totem so i know it, you call it a, you call it a totem i know but you know, it seems silly um why does it seem silly to call it what it is doesn't she wear it i don't know do you wear that can you wear a totem i, I it's kind of a meaningless word i think okay it is a very comic booky thing yeah. um uh, what do you what do you got eric um i have kind of the same critique of this that I have had of the other Steve Orlando books uh, of late, that it just it feels like a good book that's watered down. That that's my biggest beef with it. I am happy to read a Steve Orlando comic any day of the week. Um, I think he's fabulous and he's one of my favorites. Uh, I like. I, I, I don't know. I I don't know Vixen. Um, G. Willow Wilson famously did uh, a, a run on Vixen or a, a, a Vixen trade or something like that that I'd like us to read at some point. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about this character. It seems it's like Animal Man, but black and female. But whatever, that's not a, a bad thing. Um, I, I think, like, I, I don't get a sense of this. I, it's a critique, I think. I throw out a lot that I don't get a sense of this book's perspective. Really, it is yeah. it is I think competently lays out everything you could possibly need to know about Vixen to get a handle on her. Like 
where she got her powers, what her mm-hmm. attitude's like, what she's dealing with in her personal life, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and kind of just a thesis for what her her personality and what her what she's going to be from this moment on. But I didn't get a good sense of a direction for her as a character. Like she's yeah. just going to be a superhero. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's I assume that that uh, that's like it just seems to be stating the obvious in in certain yeah. ways. But I mean, I don't know. I think that's a thing. <coughs> I, I it's not bad. It's just it's the not, same. It's not it's not too different from the way the atom was. That it's well done emptiness. Yeah, you know? I do really that, like I like the art a lot. The the art is very good. I think that the the color is kind of remarkable. I didn't even see who did this. Well, it's a uh, art. Did you say that? Did you, art, did you list the col- colorist? Yes, art and colors the same person. You can't even see who who was it. Jamal Campbell. He did both. Jamal Campbell. Okay. I don't really care for the art so much as I like. I I really do like the color. The uh, the art is a little stiff. It's kind of like in between uh, the artist of Alex and Ada, and um, kind of in between that and and like a hitch or something, you know. But it does feel very posed and cold and all of those things. I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. I'm more or less over any kind of photorealism in comics. It just bores me. Are this you... is not a bad comic. No, are you a buy? Um, I don't know where I'm landing really on the buy scale. Like, I think I'm more buy than not. It, uh, it, it doesn't feel right to not put at least a little bit of mush in there because, I mean, like you said, it, it's not really saying anything, which is a weird thing to get out of Steve Orlando. And I wish he was doing more with it. Time will tell. Right now, I think buy with, let's say, one? On the mush meter? On, uh, on the old mush meter. Yeah, I think that's that's good. I think that's a good place. That's right. I could go. I could, I could go more, but well, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think once is is good enough. I think it is. You know, I, I, I I'm never sure if when you know I'm not familiar with Vixen either, and I imagine most mm-hmm. people aren't. Yeah, I think I'm never sure if what's the thing you should do with this a relatively new character. What should you do? Should you take the like the safe end and uh you know the safe end I don't know uh, I don't know if easier is the right word for it but simpler route and just make like a this uh, well-executed competent foundation or just try mm-hmm. and go crazy and do something really unique and interesting with her but I I think it's probably better that you is especially if this is all going to be leading to a team book it is probably yeah. better to just have like a very solid foundation of what this character is. So I think I'm, I'll, back, I, I'll back you up. Yeah. I, 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 there's no reason that you can't do that and have it be a little bit better, like less generic. But, but I think time will, uh, I think Steve Orlando will redeem himself. He is uh, a, super, a superlative talent. We'll see where it goes. <coughs> so that's a double buy on JLA Rebirth Vixen number one. With the mush meter of one. The last, our last issue is The Mighty Thor, number 15. Written by Jason Aaron, art Russell Downerman, colors Matt Wilson, letters in production Joe Sabino. We've, uh, we haven't read Mighty Thor in a while. We read The Unworthy, have, Unworthy Thor. I, it's still, it's good, but I've missed this book. 
no, Mighty Thor is also, yeah, this weird, a new arc has started and I figured, well, I might as well, uh, and remind us of how amazing this comic book is. Yeah, it's fucking excellent. Not just excellent, fucking excellent. It's the correct modifier for that word. And, uh, <laughs> Shi'ar are just deciding they're gonna just destroy, they, they gotta, they gotta get to Thor, so what better way is to destroy half of Asgard? Sure. I'm a sucker for Gladiator. I knew you would, I knew you would be talking about Gladiator. Whenever he shows up. Mm-hmm. He's a, a big dumb character, but I'm, I, I like him every time. I love, I love, uh, Kid Glad, uh, what is, what is he called? Kid Gladiator? That's, what is I mean, he? I mean, he has a name, but yeah, every, Kid Gladiator is, what's his X-Men so name? <laughs> so good. So stupid. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, man. But I don't know. I've had a soft spot for Gladiator ever since in the uh, X Men animated series. Uh, Juggernaut, Juggernaut tried to, uh, you know, tried to stand up to him, and Gladiator literally punted him like ten miles. That's fabulous. And ever since then, I'm like, oh, Gladiator's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. It's. It's. It still is a really excellent superhero comic. I really like Jane Foster. I like that. I mean, that's that, you know, that the, the two sides of her as Thor mm-hmm. and as, as, you know, as a, she looks so sick. Yeah. She looks really bad. It's heartbreaking. And then she's standing up to the God of fear. She's just like, yeah, yeah. whatever. To, she's standing up to Danny Trejo. Yeah, exactly. God of fear, Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. Machete. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'd like to see Danny Trejo inexplicably in the uh the uh the pantheon in asgard and we get to meet some bird alien gods i mean yeah yeah i don't know russell donovan's art and matt wilson's colors are still really spectacular and really complement each other yeah works really really looks works great yeah don't know how to talk it's hard though the talking yeah turn into porky pig all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a buy. I I have been buying the Mighty Thor all along, but I felt we could at least touch on it. We haven't read it in a while, so mm. I'm glad we did. Eric Eric is a do not buy. He hates it. I I just want to I want to cosplays the shitting dog and crap right on this comic book. No, please buy this comic book. <laughs> please, please please buy it. Please, we're using we're being polite. That's yeah, that's polite language. Please. Please double buy the Mighty Thor number I, fifteen. I mean, well, That's I'm using nice language in Japanese. We're, we're reading a manga later. We are. <laughs> I read Great Lakes Avengers as well. Was it goofy? It was this. It's it's the same, but very good. I really am still liking it a lot. Just let everyone it's know a solid, that it's a solid book. It's I think really, everyone should. Yeah, everyone should probably be checking it out. Yeah, that's. I, 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 I was like, we probably shouldn't just read it for four issues in a row and just go, yep, it's still the same good. Yeah. Still level, same level of good. Uh, but that's it. For Week of Floppies, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Things we've, uh, watched, seen, played, viewed, looked at. <laughs> I, I I look at so many things. Red, you know, 
nerdy recommendations and anti recommendations sometimes. Mm-hmm. When things are shitty. <laughs> what do you got, Eric? What's going on? Oh, that's a good question. Got got a little bit more acquainted with my old dear friend Stephen Court's universe. You watch more? I got caught up. Ah. They've been uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of weird things surrounding the show that like sometime last year they were going to release like episodes one like one week at a time, but in France they released them all in one week. So of course everyone like like put those episodes immediately on the internet. So all of them, everyone watched them all like way ahead of schedule. And apparently a bunch more episodes have leaked now, so I'm actually ahead of the broadcast schedule. But this show is so good. You know, you know, I got Matt on uh, uh, Steven Universe. I know, and he he talks about it. Yeah, he, he should. It's great. I don't know how how much of it he's watched, but if Matt hates everything and he likes Steven Universe, so that should tell you something. Mm, he likes four things. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I don't think one of those four things could possibly be Steven Universe, but that's fine. It is. Steven Universe makes that list. Okay, that's fine. I don't know if you saw the Twitter dog pile or where uh, um, Andrew, the Andrew blog was, um, I can't mm. remember Andrew's last name, Bloom. was making fun of Matt. Andrew Bloom was making fun of Matt. Mm-hmm. I and helped. Then did you help? I didn't see that tweet. I helped. Normally, I see all your tweets. It was from The Simpsons show uh, Twitter. Okay, I missed that. But, uh, like, Melissa said something, and then I said something, and then Matt just agreed with us. He's like, yeah, I hate sunshine. It was pretty funny. He works outside, so I assume that's why. I would, I don't, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't like sunshine either. You have seen my paleness. <laughs> I'm, I am not cut out for mm. it. Are you Are you making weird, sexy noises? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Picks your GTFO. Um, Shake it. Sure? <laughs> I suddenly turned into Duke Nukem. I don't know why. Mm, shake it, baby. God, what a semi-bad game that no, was. No it's, no, it's just, you look back at it now, Duke Nukem does not hold up. It's really bad. <laughs> it's well, not. it it really invented a lot of things that are mainstays in the genre now. I don't need to check in with Duke Nukem, but it's better than you're giving it credit for. It is. It was had interesting things in it, but now that yes. many, many games have taken those things and done many things with them, yes, it's you don't. Re- no, it, you can just say it had things in them. It, no, it is. It is not a game that you really need to play. I. It's fine. It's not that great. It has boobies in it, mm-hmm. and that really impressed us back in the day. It quoted action movies. Mm-hmm. It's true. Straight up ripped them off, maybe. Oh yeah. That that as well. Uh anyway, no, you need to watch you need to watch Steven Universe. It's actually pretty amazing how different the show is from the first episodes, because I tried to show first the first couple episodes to a friend of mine, and I don't know. They're they're not really very much like the new ones. The new ones are really shocking how good they are and great storytelling and i don't know it's really really impressive like the amount of character they get into something that is mostly just perfectly kid friendly i don't know some of my favorite characters in fiction are in this show and it's one of the best things on television right now 
So if you're not watching Steven Universe, this is my like glowing uh, endorsement of it. I'm sure I have before, but new episodes are so good. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and better, and it's fascinating. It's nerdy as shit too. Oh my god! If you ever if you ever watched anything like Avatar, The Last Airbender, or Dragon Ball, or um, Sailor Moon, or any of these things, it's definitely in the image of those things just sort of more modern and it's god it's so fun it's great i could not like it more i got something else too Uh uh-oh you'll never guess what i bought today mini donuts i wish what did you buy i have to we get off of this i'm gonna go buy a bunch of lean protein and cry i bought a super famicom Uh, like a japanese super famicom yes Yes. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. They look good about it. They, they look really neat. Apparently, like, you've seen, like, the Super Nintendos and they get, like, they, like, they yellow. Mm hmm. Apparently, that's a thing that happened to them because there was a, um, a flame retardant added to the plastic for whatever odd reason. But a lot of old plastics would yellow a a lot. Like, old computers would turn beige and Mm -hmm. it's, they were supposed to be more white, you know? And it's the same thing. Um, but apparently you can clean Super Famicoms with a $4 bottle of shampoo. Okay. Uh, you buy it at Sally's Beauty Supply. So anyway, this is it, is a, they're it, sending me a working Super Famicom. What were you going to ask I me? I was going to say, is this part of your uh, Pytendo program project? It, it is. Okay. It, it is. I'm going to open it up, uh, buy this shampoo, clean the damn thing, de-yellow it as much as I can. Um, and then I'm gonna try and trick it out with my, uh, my pie, Neat. which I'm excited about. It's, uh, I've checked in with that before, haven't I? You did. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. Um, I mean, for 30 bucks, you can get the newest Raspberry Pi and get, if you already have a micro SD card, you're good to go. You can just put the retro pie image on it, put your games on it and it just works. It's awesome. And it'll play almost anything that you can emulate. You know, yeah. like you can emulate PlayStation 1 games. They, um, Nintendo just released that little miniature NES classic mm-hmm. that no, that is never in stock anywhere because yes. Nintendo made seven of them for the entire uh, country. Uh, in Japan, they actually also made a mini Famicom for, yep. and that, that is, the, I looked at that and I was like, I don't even necessarily want to play games with it. I just mm-hmm. kind of want to put it on my wall and look at it. Yeah, it's cool. So I don't have, I don't have, I, I'm not ordering a Famicom. I'm ordering yeah, I know, a Super, Super Famicom. Super Famicom. Yes, you know, I, yeah. I, I, there's no, I can't say, you can't say S, S, SNES is a thing, but mm-hmm. S, I don't know how they did the Famicom thing. So you just Super Famicom, I, don't know that I they suppose. Even did. Yeah. Yeah, you just say Super Famicom. I mean, honestly, Famicom already is an abbreviation. Yeah, it's Family Computer. It's, yeah, it's a Japanese abbreviation. Uh, but that's the plan. I look forward to figuring out how to, like, wire the power There's to turn a, the damn thing on. I would go to, uh, RetroPie subreddit. A lot of Seems people. Like a good idea. A lot of people have tons of different pie, you know, pie tendo and various, you know, different RetroPie builds, including what you're doing. So you can at least get some I'm, ideas. I, right. I'm sure I'm not the first person to do it. At the very least, I can look up some ideas. 
Yeah. Uh, like, there's, but, there's, uh, from what I just gleaned from just kind of browsing is there's lots of different solutions. It depends which, how much, how much dedication you want to put into it. Like, some people go crazy and like Dremel out everything and make it, like, make it custom built around. I'm definitely going to be doing some Dremeling. I mean, I have two Dremels. I, I feel pretty confident that I'll only cut myself a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, it's not a project unless you're bleeding. No, it's true. I mean, that's, this is, this is the whole reason I was born male was to cut the shit out of myself. Um, yeah. So I have to, I have to figure that out. Probably also will end up buying, um, have you, I, I think it's called 8-Bit Dough. I don't, that's a terrible name. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, yeah. That's, it's, that's right. But, but they make, um, they make some really baller, uh, um, uh, the the NES 30 Pro is really great. It's got analog sticks and it's Bluetooth, Bluetooth and wireless, and it works for pretty much anything, including Winix. Uh, Winix? What Winix. the fuck am I saying? Winix, yeah, Winix. You know yeah, that that Winx. That Win-X. Windex. It Win- works for Windex. <laughs> but I mean, like, the, it ostensibly you could play like an Xbox game with this thing. Like, it's got that that many buttons. You know. But it's really glorious, uh, and I really look forward to, uh, I really look forward to giving it a shot. I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited about this, that this is going to be a new thing for me. Something to throw away my life on. Don't throw away your life, Eric. We need you. Meh. I appreciate you saying that, but meh. Meh. Guess what, Eric? I don't know. Did you do things? I did things. That's exciting. Um, what did you do? Well, uh, as a late Christmas present from my far- parents, I got a 1070 uh, and put it in my computer. Oh, uh, a graphics uh, card, video card, and yeah. from Nvidia. They're they're 1080s. Their top of the line. This is their. I'm like, what happened? Did they get you a 360 and spin it around a bunch? Like what? <laughs> no, no. What happened? No, 1070 Nvidia graphics card 1070. Uh, I that's in my computer now. It everything that's, runs that's really very that's fast. Really you, that's really what you needed. Is another upgrade to your video card that is already like three years newer than mine. Uh, it's everything runs at ultra settings, 60 FPS, easy. Nothing, no, no. I don't have to go to medium on anything. Why would you have to go to medium on anything? And that's that's for peasants. I, I then I'm a fucking peasant. Then <laughs> I'm, I'm newer games. I'm easily on medium at like you know six frames per second. <laughs> I know. I, I'm playing Mist. And it does have, you had mentioned earlier about worrying about monitor outputs. Yeah. It has six of them. <laughs> six different output options. Yeah, I'm really living in the past with this PC. I, I love this machine to death, but it's, um, I don't know. It just doesn't satisfy me on the, um, on the, the, the big swing and dick scale of, uh, you know, computing power. Mm-hmm. Doom. I, 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 I reinstalled, redownloaded and installed, uh, the new Doom just to look at it. Just to run around at super fast speeds and look at all the blood graphics. The, you have described literally the only thing that PC gaming is about. <laughs> but, uh, with that, I've also, I, uh, got Watch Dogs 2, uh, which is, uh, the the second the sequel in Ubisoft's hence the two hence the two Ubisoft's uh replacement for Assassin's Creed this year 
They not re- they didn't release an Assassin's Creed for the first time in a in like a decade, and they hoped that Watch Dogs Two would be uh, the. I think they're going to try and have that fit in into their big franchises. It's uh, Watch. Uh, did you ever play Watch Dogs One, Eric? No, I can't even think of what the game is. Uh, it's you're a hacker. You're a good hacker guy. You're a helpful hacker man. You're taking okay. taking down they're big called, corporate. They're called, they're called they're called white hats. I, and they committed to that seriousness uh, for that first game that they probably shouldn't have. Um, this game is a much more lighthearted. Um, you, also, your main character in that first game was a very unlikable and boring guy. Your main character, the guy you're playing as in this game, is much more fun and young and interesting. Um, he's a black guy, and so they do do some of that, like, you know, d- dealing with, uh, like, if there's a one point, you're, you join a hacker collective, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the other guys in this collective is another black guy, and he works at their Google Analog. And they, you go to him and he's like, yeah, I'm like the only black person. Like they, they, it, they do some interesting things about like different social issues and stuff like that. There's one mission where you get to ruin basically Martin Screlly's life. It's not him, but it's clearly Martin Screlly. Mm-hmm. You get to screw, screw him over because he's a, a terrible, like it's a lot of like you trying to be Robin Hood, basically using your hacking skills to be Robin Hood. Um, it's not self serious and I, it's fun because of that. I think if you try and make it like, yeah, we're serious hackers, bro. And like, dude, it's not going to work, but the writing is good and it feels hip and it, it's, it doesn't like, I don't know, hacking. Like if you're not going to commit to like, Hey, full on, like you need to know JavaScript to play this game, then you should probably just be like fun arcadey dumbness, which is what this game is. It's just like press a button and you hack. You know, it's, or mini games and stuff like that. But I'm, it's good soundtrack. The open, I haven't played an open world game in a while. It's a lot of fun. Just, it's, it's set in San Francisco and it is modeled after real San Francisco. You can cross the Golden Gate Bridge and there's a lot, you can go to Alcatraz and do all kinds of stuff in there. It's not, you know, it's not one to one, but they do get all the big things in there. Why'd you pick JavaScript out of the air? Because literally there is a game I was not too long ago talking about with uh, Kim about literally a game that you need to know JavaScript to play. Like if you basic, it's not straight up JavaScript, but it's very similar. And if you know it, you can, that's pretty much the only way you have to know language scripting languages to play the game whatsoever. There is no, they do not hold your hand. It's called HackNet, I believe, or HackMud. Mm-hmm. There's, there's several of them. I think it's HackMud is what I'm thinking of. Is it an actual mud? Kind of. Yeah. It's a multiplayer game and it's text. So yeah, it's a mud, but you're hacking and you're like trying to, it's kind of like Eve Online, but a, a mud where you're less like you're a hacker in this virtual space and you're trying to, uh, you know, get over other people. But it's a fun game. Um, it looks neat. The fact that it's it keeps saying dead sack. Mm-hmm, that's the name makes, of their. It, it, it makes me think of lull sack. It's the name of their hacker group, and it's like that. It's very like, hey, we know this is dumb, but who cares? We're going with it. We're just gonna. Like, well, that was the whole. That was the whole thing. It was fucking lulls, sack. Mm-hmm. They were j- just doing it for the lulls of it. And there's uh, and there's also a mission where you have to rescue basically a Tom Cruise from a Scientology group. If only. If only. Um, I listened to the Atrocity Exhibition upon your recommendation. Uh, I, yes, I enjoyed we it. Talked about this a little bit. Do you like you like his fabulous little voice? I it doesn't bother me. 
I mean, you even mentioned it, like, we both listen to Cannibal Corpse, like, and yeah. we, I listen to a lot of music with vocals that are, you know, harsh, jarring and Weird. harsh. Yeah, yes. so his his vocals are strange, but, I mean, that's kind of an appeal at a certain point. Like, I often, I have to yeah. listen to music purposely that have weird vocals. Um, I like, I think the production and the, that stuff is, the songwriting is probably the stuff that I like the most, actually, but. He, he's an interesting and very talented person, and I think maybe even Atrocity Exhibition isn't the right album to start with, but I'm glad that you liked it. I just listened to another one of his albums the other day and thought it was awesome. It's called Old. Okay. Just Dan, just Danny Brown, old. And I don't know, cause it, it, it kind of, I mean, his songs do change around, but it sounds like it's him in some of the earlier tracks. So I wonder if it's just like a bunch of like old demos or something that he's done. And that's why it's called old. It might actually, I, I, I never really researched like what was going on in the album, but it sounds like his vocal style changes from the first tracks to the later ones. The later ones sound more like that, that, more nasal kind of weird style of rapping that he does yeah um it's i don't know he's he's very talented like i was reading like an old ama that aesop rock was doing and he you know like five or six years ago he was talking about how he was listening to to danny brown um when he was much more of an underground rapper now he's you know doing songs with kendrick lamar and Kendrick Lamar is pretty much the biggest name in the rap world now. I don't know. It's maybe it's weird to to recommend someone like that, but I think even we're we're both kind of outsiders in in hip hop. But Danny Brown is pretty fabulous. I'm I'm glad that I could finally get to where I appreciated him. Did uh, it take you more than one listen to 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 like it, or did it just sort of click right away? No, I liked it right away. I mean, I again, I don't really have a lot of. I don't listen when I go out of my way to listen to music. It's not necessarily going to be stuff with pop sensibilities. Yes. So, no, I, I I'm the same way that I I tend to like things with whatever it is their own character, you know. But I didn't like Kendrick Lamar the first time I ho- I heard him, but he definitely fits into that mold to me it's weirder that kendrick kendrick lamar is popular like i don't understand how that's the case it seems really weird that that kendrick lamar is popular that's out i don't know i also saw the rev i know reverend payton's big damn band he came to the frozen north you're getting all of our exports this is ridiculous i know um We've talked about him before. Both of us have talked about him. Uh, this was a little different because it was a seated venue. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And we actually, we, Kim and I talked about like, it was strange seeing him and not having Gary bouncing around like a crazy person in front. That, that he does. Uh, good friend Gary, who's, who will jump up and down and sweat on you. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, I mean, it's not like the people there weren't enthusiastic and like most of the people there, it was at a, like an arts center, so you could definitely tell some of those people were just like members, and they go to every show, and they just mm-hmm. went to this one, and they liked it, but they weren't like Rev fans going in. And then there are clearly people there who like have liked Reverend Payton the whole time, and are just because he's there, they're going to see him. Uh, it was seated, and this was I would say half because their next album comes out in two months. It's called Front Front Porch Sessions. Good for them. That's, it, that's great. They're still hot off the heels, really, of, uh, 
uh, what the hell is it called? Why can't I think of it, Robbie? The last album? Yeah. I God, can't think of it either, so you infected me. So so delicious. So delicious, because I can could, I could think of Between the Ditches was the one before that. Yeah, so delicious. I was, think, I was just thinking of the picture of the pig. That's all I could think <laughs> of. Uh, but they're doing Front Porch Sessions, which is not all original music. It is like covers of a lot of their bigger influences mm-hmm. from blues and... Sometimes some of it's like arranged in different ways, and a lot of the show was Rev kind of talking about like, yeah, this is written by this person, or this was performed. This is a traditional song. We don't really know who originally wrote it, and it's been performed by a hundred different people. But this is the version I learned. This is why I like it the most, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was really interesting mm-hmm. hearing him talk about all these people that have influenced him. Uh, he also showed off uh, his guitar skills, of course. Um, and literally, he let off segments where he's like, I'm just going to show off my, my, I'm going to show off right now. And then he would yeah. just do ridiculous things on guitar. That, that sounds like the rev that we all know and love. Um, this, I, there was the thing that really stood out to me, other than like, of course, they're always, they, the, they always put on a good show, but the thing that stood out to me, they're having, a, uh, amp problems early on in the show. And so mm. rev played a couple songs, just him and an acoustic guitar and no amplification. It's a small room too, so it worked really well, and it was like a really, hmm. really cool thing because I've never, never heard him play acoustic ever, you know. Hmm. And he played a couple songs acoustic, and it was really neat. Um, but they tour nonstop, two hundred and fifty shows a year, I think. Uh, That's insane. You like so they will be if you're listening to this, they will be somewhere near your hometown at some point. <laughs> If you don't like blues music, if you don't like uh, roots music, whatever, you don't like typically like country or anything near their genre, I would still say give them a chance. Go see them live, and they will convert you. You will be a fan because that's what happened mm-hmm. to me and a lot of people they're, I know. They're they're a cult, and it's great. They are great. That's I I could I think that's good for now. Talking a lot. I'm sick. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good. That's some good talking. Okay, folks, I think it is time for our final segment. It is time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work like you would in a book club and then discuss it in depth. This week we are reading... We are reading... <laughs> Again. It's okay. I can't. I can't. It's, liter- it's literally okay. It is okay, I guess it is. We are reading Akira. Not just okay, it's literally okay. Literally okay. Akira by... Let's try this again. Katsuhiro Otomo. Perfect. Volumes one through three, first half. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Where well, do, what, where do uh, we where do we start, Mister Goodnight? What what what's your general sweeping impressions, Mister? I don't read manga. Uh, that's not true. We've what? read we've read manga together. I know, and that's like the only manga that you ever read, really. I maybe read one other. What was it? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't it's it's uh incredibly dynamic and vibrant art and it I don't know I think my impressions of it are a little tampered down by the fact that probably well I don't probably a, a lot of things that have come out after this have been in, in, influenced by this incredibly mm-hmm. and therefore it doesn't it doesn't feel as new as it probably did yeah. when it came out. When it came out, I, I imagine it was like a, a like a blast of fresh air, mm. a psychic blast of fresh air. 
but <laughs> a psychic blast of hot death. <laughs> yeah. It's it's I can clearly see how much it touched everything that has come after it. It's 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 really there. That the when we got to the end of uh book three, all I could think about was the scene in um Scott Pilgrim where it said Q fifteen pages of explosions. <laughs> Because uh, th- th- I think there probably were about uh, it, was, it was a lot. I don't know, eight pages. It was a of, lot of just 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 wanton destruction and explosions. It it was very. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of grotesque, but I think that was mm-hmm. purposeful. No, it, it's yeah. No, it was. He didn't. He didn't draw all that on accident. Yeah. Okay. You've you've read how how much of this you read before? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe book one only. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe part of book two, but certainly not all of it. I, um, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I'll, I'll have only seen the, the anime, the film. I want to make fun of you for saying it that way. You can. That's fine. I do it on I'm purpose not. so you can make fun of me. It's all right. I don't like Canada or how do you say his name? Uh, it's actually pronounced Canada, like Canada? the places you live. <laughs> okay. I don't like him. Why not? He's a teenager. Teenagers are fine. <laughs> he's, I think he's, he's obnoxious. He is just a big dumb jock that, uh, rides around on a bike and he's a big swinging dick and that's about, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's about all that he is. It's, yes. uh, he's, he's not profound or intelligent or, or anything. It's just, I don't know. He's a goofy, He's a goofy main character. Like I think he's the 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 movie story is so tight that you don't even really get a sense of his character. But I think you get a little bit more of it in this. And it's um I don't know that it's bad. I mean I don't dislike him, but he does not try to be likable at all. I think of all I think when I say like I he he that character type I don't know is kind of tired now. I don't I don't really I, that. Anti-hero delinquent mm-hmm. character, like I don't, it's lost a lot of its charm for me, and I don't know. I I'm more interested in everything else that's going on, and not, I don't really care about his motorcycle gang. So I want to know. It's it's mostly not about his motorcycle gang. It's I know, mostly but about I, all the other things that are. Happening. I want to go. I want to. I I get. He's our point of view character, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it. It's really interesting to me that you mention all those explosions at the end, and it's a it's it's a, it's a Japanese work by a Japanese man, and like I can't you like you ha- I how do you not draw allusions to the atomic bombs? Oh yeah, I don't. It's it's very. I, I don't. Obviously, we're only halfway through. I'm just curious what it's trying to say about about that about like you know a lot of this is involving. You know, secret military stuff, mm-hmm. and how that is basically like we come into the story. It's after World War Three. Yeah. How far after World War Three is it? You remember? It says in the yeah first book the exact year that it happens. Thirty years after, roughly. Picked up book three. I don't know my numbers. Well, numbers are hard. It's true. It says the nineteen ninety two the. World War, uh, World War Three started, and then the book starts in twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and then they obviously they're still. I mean, Akira Akira is. I think it. it it's, either way is fine. I don't you, know. you can you can say Akira if you if you must. I I want to be uh, I, a- technically Akira. technically correct is the best kind of correct. Um. He did. Did he bury him? That's. I was confused about that. Was he? Did he bury himself, or was did they bury him after World War? You III? mean Akira? Yeah. Did he lock himself away? I. Well, I'm. I'm certain he did not lock himself away. Okay. They've been trying to contain him, and I'm not sure what they were doing. They're researching. Certainly not the containment, but I I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But they were clearly going to try and use him to a lo- huh to try and eventually I, use control him control his possibly. power. It's it's unclear, um, and it's probably just because it's not well defined um, what the the quote unquote research was. But I mean, whatever it is, I guess they were using the same information on on the other numbers, the other children. Mm-hmm. And on uh, Tetsuo as well. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's not really well thought out. I don't think in regard to that. Or maybe it's incredibly thought out. and It's just not on the page. I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think he could have. I don't think Akira would have built all those um, all those vacuum chambers and things. Yeah, it seems unlikely. No, you're right. Kept himself at uh, absolute zero. Can can you explain why it's this is so important, Eric? Why this book is so important? Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. Okay. You know, it's I'd say it's something. I mean, he's one of the the best draftsmen of all time. You know, and it's as long or possibly longer than something like Bone. Yeah. You know, the storytelling in this is really amazing. Like these, the, I I don't think anyone that we've read ever has action scenes like this. It reminded me of, uh, uh, Alita. Yeah. It's the thing that I think of is the, the absolute best action scenes like this are basically on every other page. It's kind of bananas. Um, they're very well done. It's, it's really, really good. Um, why is it important? I, I can't think of a single thing that before this was like this. And it was coming out for a really long time. This was just had to have been a huge event when he was releasing it. Eight years. Yeah, eight years. First one came out in eighty eight. No, that was the he he was, that was the anime was eighty eight. The first manga was eighty two. Ah, there you go. I was wondering why it said there it is originally published in eighty two and eighty three. So that's even that's even before. No, this is a kind of book that when I just think about the environment that it had to have been in, you know, based on what things I I knew, I mean, it's it's a bombshell. It's a big thing. And I, I mean, there were I've certainly seen manga and lots of things reference, uh, you know, nuclear war because it's definitely something that's in their uh, it's in their zeitgeist. You know, so it, it it pops up here and there, but this is, I don't know. It's it's a lot of really big, bold elements, and it's heavy, you know? It, it's, it's uh, like, the interesting things to me about it are, like, I want to know about the Japanese culture at the time. Like, I, because I, everything I know about Japanese culture, you know, it's 
relatively reserved and yeah. and like the way like uh Canada and Mm-hmm. All his street punks are like the worst teenagers. You know, like they do yeah. drugs and they ride their motorcycles and they, you know, they don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. But it's I that would have certainly been very shocking to them. You know, it's not a thing that it's not widespread anyway. You know, and you certainly see that archetype in a lot of media. You know, the you know, fuck you, old man. Yeah. You know, it's in a lot of things. Um, I wonder what was before this. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were these sort of, you know, anti-hero types in uh, Tessica comics or something like that. You know, I think about, I wonder when, when, when Blackjack come out. The 70s, Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to think of, you know anti-heroes and devil may care characters and stuff like that but to just have a, uh, like a juvenile delinquent as a character i'm sure was pretty jarring i can't think of i just wish i had more of a a knowledge of what tetsuka had done he just did so damn much it's crazy oh my god you should look at the wikipedia page for list of Osama tetsuka manga it's insane. I don't. It's it, it seems so rooted in that Japanese culture, and and, and mm-hmm. especially post-war Japanese culture, where I don't know how you how you deal with that. That your country is, you know, two cities are just utterly demolished and destroyed. Yeah. By this new weapon, and you immediately surrender, and it kind of uproots like your your society everything about you mm-hmm. changes so drastically in such a short amount of time and i don't know this it certainly seems to be saying a lot about that about you know having like having uh akira underneath the n- new olympic village or whatever it is which mm-hmm. and then which and then the military is going to after the olympics are over are going to reclaim it and use it as a military base <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It's it's very it's not a very happy story. Not a, there's not a lot of hope in this thing. It it seems it just kind of like Canada and his guy, bikers are all kind of like, well, who cares? We do what we're 15 and we'll just screw around. Why does it matter? We don't need to go to school. Is our is Neo Tokyo? Is this is it a bad place? It seems like it's like RoboCop. That's what yeah. it it made, reminded me of RoboCop Detroit. Like, I, which I'm fairly certain took a lot from it. Um, uh, it, it, it is just like, you know, it, gangs control mm-hmm. everything. And, and I think that that's, that that's, I think that it's even more sort of shocking to them because, like, the Japanese are such a, uh, culturally minded people. And, like, you go to, like, the best schools. And, like, there aren't even janitors because the students are expected to keep the school clean. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just normal. Um, so, I don't know. I think the idea that society is in such deep decay and these kids are, like, rude to their elders. And uh, I, I didn't find it all that shocking that... Um, 
that the uh, the gym teacher just beats the shit out of all of them. Yeah, that seems very plausible. Oh my god, that's it's it completely believable. You misbehaved. Now you get punched in the face. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I I believe that's just actual reality in Japan. I mean, that they just beat the shit out of. Uh, cor- corporal punishment still exists in the U.S. In some places. Yeah. Not very often, not very many places, but still does. Well, I don't know. It uh, it's interesting. You even ask the question, like, why is this important, or why is this so large in culture as it is? Because it, it almost fe- it's interesting. You ask that because it almost feels self evident to me. I think does it, it not, does it not appear as much to you, or do you just think that's a question that is important to ask? I think it's always an important question to ask about anything. Like, I've always inherently questioned canon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of, I think it's just because of my schooling, you know, that we are, I was taught, like, especially, and w- where we are now as a culture. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, in literature, it was, when I was taking liter- literature and literary criticism classes, every, the canon was, it, and it still is to a certain degree, is kind of in the midst of upheaval. Because mm-hmm. for hundreds of years, the only people in it were white men. Mm-hmm. And now they are, you know, it's, it's, it's being expanded and changed. And, and now comic books have, are, have hit a point where they are an old enough art form that we are developing a canon for them. And I, I, I mean, and manga included in that, I think Acura would certainly be in that canon. Mm. I, but. I just think that when you look at a thing like Watchmen, it's it's evident why. I mean, I could see maybe future generations might not understand why a thing uh, is is great and important. Um, I can I can understand. I, I don't know. I could understand why like a young person today would be curious. Like, why do I care about Shakespeare? Why is this relevant to me? You know, why is this an important thing? I mean, that's a valid question. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, and I, but that's, I don't know. To me, this is still self-evident, and I'm not saying it's not an important question to ask, but I think I have to think about it more than than uh, than I'd like to. And it feels a little too weak and easy to just say, Oh, well, I mean, look at this crazy virtuoso artwork. I mean, and it is, and it's a fully, um, uh, such a fully lushly illustrated and actualized world. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I think one, it's, Watchmen is more evident to me just because I think as in the West, superheroes as a genre is so dominant and certainly was the only comic books I read when I was growing up. When I was a kid. So, like, when you read Watchmen for the first time or the second or the third or the fourth time, you understand because it has that full history of 40, 50 years of superhero comics before it. Since I'm not versed in hardly any manga, you know, I've read the manga we've read on this podcast and, like I mentioned, maybe one or two other things. It's it's hard for me to see the title shift, which everyone talks about when they talk about Acura before Acura and after Acura. And, you know, and it's the same thing in anime. Like the, you know, the film 
is the same thing. Like it's often credited with bringing popularizing it in the West and exposing a lot of people to uh, Japanese animation. I mean, and I think you're just because you're a artist, you can quickly like you can look at his art, which is staggering. You can clearly, I don't know, you understand its importance and its value and its place faster than people who haven't studied and practiced and work in art every mm-hmm. day. Um, as you know, I always, I look first towards, you know, it's, it's a sh- thing I struggle with when I'm reading any comic book is that I always, tr- I always, and, and it's a lot of readers do the same thing is that they go towards story and dialogue, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't really think about, you, you, you mentioned draftsmanship or like, the intricacies of drawing, illustrating a comic book, people just c- kind of look over it most of the time, an average comics mm-hmm. reader. And I think that is a, a very vile piece of this, but I don't think it's the only piece of it. I do think that the adult themes, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how much manga have you read that's older than this? Very, very little, I'd say. Yeah, I know. I like, that's the thing. Like, I don't have a good comparison to like, hey, is, like, I, I do, I, I did read that, you know, that manga was, had a reputation for being violent. Mm-hmm. And this certainly does not, uh, <laughs> does not dis- no. disrupt that whatsoever. The, this is pretty violent. It's very violent. Uh, people get blown up and shot and hit by lasers and their heads exploded. A lot of, lot of exploding heads. Yeah. I'm trying to, let me think when Hope to Know Ken came out. Roughly the same time period. Started in 1983. First Acura came out in 1982. Mm-hmm. So even, even Fist of the North Star might have been influenced by Acura in terms of, you know, the violence and all of those things. I mean, it it did say that uh, Atomo had been a successful mangaka for years before Akira. I'm trying to get to the part where there's the about the author, and I can't. I must have picked up the only issue that doesn't have it. So Atomo's a boomer. Well, that seventy nine has. Uh, what are you saying? No, go ahead. You were gonna. Were you gonna say something ridiculous? No, not ridiculous. I was just gonna say that it makes. I mean. Him growing up after World War II, and mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense because he grew up in the born in '54. Yeah, his first '79 publication began on Otomo's mm-hmm. first serialized work, Fireball. Domu was uh, I have I don't know if I have all of it. I have I have a thin book of it. I don't know if it's all of it or if like there's just not a lot of it. But I have it, and it's. Very similar to this in terms of just balls out crazy amounts of drawing. It very much looks like a an Otomo book. Um, so if it doesn't, I mean, and we can we can always come back to you know the the reception and you know how um, important it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm more curious sort of your thoughts because it doesn't seem obvious to you why this is important which i think if it's not evident like i i was just in awe the whole time because the world 
feels so big and so huge, so developed. Everything feels so real and so plausible that I was just like, certainly for the first two, it was just completely swept up in it. And you can easily see, I don't know, I, I see the evidence of what it was built on and everything that was built on it. It just seems really evident. But what 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 was your takeaway? Uh, I mean, we've only read the first half, so I don't, you know, obviously yeah. it's only the first three volumes. I don't know. It's good. I can't, I'm not arguing that it's, I'm not, certainly not arguing it's bad or anything like that. It's, it is, I, I, I don't know. The, the, the art itself is just like, I, I think I lack the vocabulary to give it its justice. Just, words, can... words fail. It, it's, I mean, like, deep and like uh i've used the word dynamic already but dynamic and Mm -hmm. kind of the amount of character in and in black and white on top of that you know no Mm -hmm. no colors uh i started reading a color version but i i went back to the black and white version um because and really that's the that's the best the black white version is is far better i i looked at i looked at both of them and the color is fine but the black white is is much better you can you can see more clearly see his effort on the Mm -hmm. page it's the the color doesn't obscure anything i think thematically probably i imagine it will tie more together in the in the second half like i don't know i feel like i i mean it's the first three volumes so it's not complete it's just it's like hey we gotta it we literally stopped reading at the, <laughs> at the like at a as the a, a massive psychic blast was d- destroying mm-hmm. a city uh i want to know exactly what happens i i don't know it it's i i think i don't think I think it is canon i think it is important i i think i lack the context to understand the full impact of it. Like I haven't read enough manga and there's, I've not read nearly enough to see, like I can see its influence on Western art clearly Mm -hmm. and how, you know, how, how the story, how it's storytelling has impacted Western art, how it's themes have impacted Western art. But I feel like obviously it's impacted manga probably even more. And I just haven't read it. So it's hard for me to speak to that. Like you mentioned Watchmen, I'm like, well, I, I can, I can, having read superhero comics after, before Watchmen and after Watchmen, I can see the difference. I know, I can tell what changed and what mm-hmm. is still being impacted by that. I think Acura is probably, is more subtle in a certain way, at least from my perspective, the, the impact it's had, it's not as nearly, it's not like we just need to make this comic again for 30 years. It's, yeah. it's more like. Well, I think we've also spent a great deal of the past two or three years, you know, talking over a lot of the things that have been both before and after Watchmen. Yeah. So, I mean, it it seems very evident what's going on in that period. And we're not exactly scholars of, uh, of uh, you know, the, the, the all the movements in manga and the landscape. I mean, I could tell you more than some people, but uh, I it's... It is more alien to me, but I mean, you can see these things in modern Western comics. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's you can draw a clear line from from Akira to any like almost any manga artist, and then to the Westerners that have been influenced by him. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, that's what I mean. Like when you, I can, you, we talk about it every week when we look at stuff and say, oh, this is clearly influenced. This mm-hmm. person read manga. This person is clearly a manga fan because mm-hmm. you can see a lot of times a mixture of, you know, Western and, and manga influence on their style. I mean, I, I, I just, I think his, the way he draws and the way the story is told through his art, I think that mm. impact is demonstrably evident, even to me. It's thematically, I just, I wish I had greater context about, like, the, the impact of, I, I only know, like, I only have, like, including nuclear imagery and themes is a decidedly postmodern thing in Western literature. You you hit a certain point right after World War II when suddenly there's a lot of people all writing things that are clearly evident, clearly impacted by the use, like the invention and use of uh, atom- the atomic bombs and nuclear weapons and the threat of nuclear weapons. From what I've gleaned from my limited ex- exposure to Japanese culture is that it is – I, I, I don't, I don't have a full impact of like how an average Japanese kid learns about the atomic bombs and learns about the threat of nuclear weapons. I mean, they, I don't know. I, I, I have an, a clear idea of Western postmodernism and how, uh, the, the nuclear age is used thematically. Like seeing this fully realized in this comic is really interesting and it, like, that's kind of what excites me when I'm reading it. I could, but I think it is that is pr- probably outweighed by his artistic contributions, like as a pure draftsman and storyteller. What did you like from this, then? I mean, I, I mean, I like it. I like, I like it. It's, it's really, it's like really, it's exciting. It's, I mean, I, you just said the action scenes are. Kind oh, yeah. of no. like immediately Un- unparalleled. I, it, no one does action scenes like this. They're in, like it doesn't like it, it. It immediately draws you in. You're immediately compelled by it. Mm-hmm. it. It's in a way that I think compelling is a very good word for this. It's a it 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 makes you tense. It's a page turner. Yes. It. I mean, it's, it, it's hard to it's hard to put down. It like just the way that. Watchmen was crafted. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is that same way. Like it is crafted it purposely for so that it just keeps you move. Mm-hmm. In a, Watchmen is crafted slightly differently in that it is more like I don't know. It is I don't, it, that feels more just like a straight up. It's a deconstruction of the genre, so mm-hmm. it is per, more like. I'm trying to think of a. It's it's layers on layers on yeah. layers, and it it rewards you for going more slow. Yeah, this this, this much rushes you the hell along. Yeah, it makes you want to read fast because you yeah. everything is happening so quickly. Like all those scenes with the motorcycle gangs fighting on the streets and stuff like that, and the the all the gun 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 battles with this all the psychic powers and all that stuff Mm -hmm. it is it's like exciting and powerful and it feels like i don't it feels more action-packed than any action movie it is Mm -hmm. immediately it uh, grabs you and pulls you through the story 
I, I wish I had a greater context so that I could, I could understand more about where these characters and how they fit into mm-hmm. canonically into manga as a whole. I think it's the kind of thing that certainly in the given, like the greater, like social context, it, it would reward you for multiple reads. So I, I think it's, I think it's fine. Um, I really wonder if it was ever not hackneyed to have a little guy that looks like a rat and then name him Mouse, effectively. Mm. What was his name? It was Nezu. Yeah. I think, I think Nezumi means Mouse. I I don't know. There's It's not... They, people still do that. <laughs> like, there's still... People still make art that has little tiny people... And they're, yeah. have their name mouse or whatever. I mean, literally, you said that. I'm like, oh, like that guy in the Matrix, the, mm-hmm. whose nickname is Mouse, because he's like the tiny, like nebbish guy. He's mm-hmm. quiet. I don't know. And he he has little rat teeth. He does. I mean, Ridiculous. he is he is kind of a he's a rat. He's a rat. I started losing track of stuff when they got to the third volume, and there's the three girls. Mm-hmm. That was that was the that was the only spot where I'm like, wait, what? Oh, wait, okay. But I I think that yeah, there's there's not a lot of economy to it when he could basically put in anything that he wanted. That do you really need all three of those girls in the story? Does having two more really add anything other than like it's two people that can die before you have a another dramatic sequence? I I don't know. It was kind of unnecessary. I mean, I, and I think that's also what really has affected my reading is that I saw the film first, and it's yeah, no, so yes. much shorter and so much more condensed. Mm-hmm. And I always like density of storytelling is always a thing that I appreciate if you, yeah. if if done well. But again, I don't know the 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 manga itself is a different thing and i try to put the mm-hmm. film away out of my mind because this is one it, a lot of those things were showcasing his art and well i think i think uh i mean it's all very cinematic yeah and otomo went on to direct a lot of movies and it's very evident from the way that he crafts these stories that he's got a very sort of cinematic uh, kind of storytelling to him, you know, that it makes sense to me that he would like direct the, the Akira film. Um, because this, I don't know. I, I would imagine he, he thought about film a lot, you know, before making this. That certainly he's a, a, a great manga cop for the sake of manga cop, but I, I don't know. I would imagine he's very influenced by a lot of film. Well, yeah, that's also, you know, it's evident. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I think it, it, but it doesn't, I don't draw any comparisons to this to so-called widescreen comic books like that were hit in Western comics in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't see Brian Hitch in this or John Cassidy no. or any of those guys. Like I don't, this doesn't feel like that to me. It feels distinctly different than, like, it mm-hmm. certainly has that, you know, cinematic perspective in a lot of ways, but I don't, it doesn't have, like, it, it, 
I don't know. It's not the same. Well, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't feel like that, but it's so incredibly well done and so thought out and so, I don't know, pretty, pretty unique. I don't know what, uh, what would have been compared to this from before this. What would have been quite this broad and deep that how could it not be hugely influential? I mean, and not just in Japan, but around the world. I think the greater, in, like, the greatest impact this has had is that the people who read this and then became artists themselves, mm-hmm. like, that's, it, you know, that, that trickle down effect where, yeah, I think Watchmen is probably more appreciably noticeable, mm-hmm. but when a thousand artists all read this and it subtly af- affects their style and bleeds into all the comics you've read in the intervening 30 years, yeah. Have you heard of Bart Kira? I own Bart Kira. I'm jealous. I bought it in I Portland. Want, I, w- I want to be in Bart Kira. It's pretty awesome. I want to, I want to join the, the ranks. I have a friend who has, uh, work published in one of the later volumes. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty neat. He, uh, he works at, uh, Acme Comics. Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah. Florida guy. Oh, the Twitter um, account? Hmm? The Twitter account, Florida man. The, no, <laughs> no. I swear you've been out of Florida a whole minute, and you're already getting snarky. I just I've seen lots of clips of a, a giant alligator on my Facebook today. So I I saw that today as well. It was posted by ABC News, so I, I'm gonna trust that it's not just dumb camera tricks. He he looked like a big fella. That was a very large alligator. That is exactly what that was. Well, I wanted to ask you, sort of looking at each volume individually, mm-hmm. because I really felt like the third volume was, I liked it the least, even though I really liked, uh, what was her, is her name Chiyuko? What is her name? I believe that's right. Chiyoko, the, uh, the, the housewife that could beat up Zangief. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, she's amazing. I love her so much, but I do not like this third volume. It's like just Akira as the MacGuffin, and I don't like that. It, I, don't, I, I, I did like I did like the driving around in the tank, and I did like I did like the the coup and all that stuff. It was very interesting, but all the scuttling around, stealing Akira uh, back and forth, just didn't it, it didn't seem great to me no i i agree i think the i think it's just that these first and second volumes have very simple clear arcs about what and how they're structured mm-hmm. about it like the first one is it, it's you know that inherent mystery of like what is happening to tetsuo what mm-hmm. you know you know canada is is running around and we don't know what's going on and we're learning about this the secret military organization and uh the three uh espers like we're learning all about them, and then the they second call them espers. Yeah, the 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 three uh, psychic. What edition do you have? I I've read I read the same thing you you read. I I'm getting this from Wikipedia. I'm not. I don't. No, I see Esper on the Wikipedia page. I just don't remember seeing it in the book. I don't know. I, or the the three numbers. You know the the. I know ex- I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. I just picked it off the Wikipedia page because that's the way they describe them. Um, and, but, you know, and the second volume is, oh, now they're in 
you know, it has, it's very dramatic because we see that change in Tetsuo. Tetsuo is more and more powerful and, and scary and violent and him going after trying to get to Akira. Like, it's a very simple, like, Tetsuo trying to get to Akira by the end of that volume. But volume three is much more muddled in the middle because mm-hmm. of, yeah, Akira's out, but he's wandering around this, this, you know, there's, he's in the city and then there's these three girls who we just kind of meet and all of a sudden, yeah. and then there's, there's a lot of characters that are introduced and a lot of reasons for people going after Akira and, I, I will admit that all of this stuff kind of all going in the same direction still kind of doesn't work. It is it is pretty messy. It's in the three different factions that we kind of see, and like it's it's introducing a lot of things all at once. Mm-hmm. And I am still mostly concerned with like those characters we meet in the beginning, like Kay and Canada and Tetsuo and Akira and the Colonel, and then suddenly we get like eight new characters in there and I'm like, well, okay. So what did I'm like, learn, we're learning what they want. And it's, uh, you know, it just kind of, it muddles the action. Like the action scenes are still like, you know, oh, yeah. great. It's just, you're just like, wait, what, why are they? So they have, you're, you're trying to like learn all these things all at once. It feels like the, the information that's doled out in those first two volumes feels very more like carefully considered in that third volume. It just throws a lot of stuff at you all at once, right when we're still dealing with a fallout of Acro awakening. And then suddenly we also get a whole bunch of new characters. Of course, it also ends with really staggering and impressive scenes at the end. So I can't, I like it. I, it sags in the middle, but then at the end, I'm just like, Oh, well I'm back on board. Like the city just exploded. And now Tetsuo is like, Walking up to Acura and gonna do whatever. See what flying off in the air. So it's certainly even if it was I don't muddle in the middle, it's still it, it kind of obeyed the the tried and true rules of, you know, serialized work, you know, cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the end that really hooks people and it certainly has that. I I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going to see what was gonna happen, but they'll have to wait. So you read The Dark Horse Black and White, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing I read. Um, it's, you used the word flopped to me earlier yep. in the week and I did not know what you, I did not understand what you meant at first. So, so strange to me um, you pr- that, uh, that we've not even had that discussion before. We probably have. It's just probably been so long that I forgot about it or that term kind of just immediately confused me. Mm. But it, the fact that, you know, Japanese markets traditionally read right to left and American comics are read left to right. And I, I read up on this and, you know, Akira as a manga was one of the very first, is the very big first manga translated for American audiences. And it was first translated by Marvel under their, their epic imprint. That's really interesting. And it was, it was flopped, meaning switched from right to left to left to right and colored. Um, with with the consultation from Otomo, he mm. he chose his, he chose the colorist. It was also one of the very first comics used uh, colored using uh, digital coloring. Sounds the, plausible. In in nineteen oh where was when was when did it get? Uh, I forget what year it was. Early nineties was when I think nineteen ninety when it was first translated. 
Mm-hmm. When it first came, started coming out for uh, in English, and it was the one of the very first things that was uh, colored using a computer, as it was described in the article. One of those, one of those fancy computer devices. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's you know translation is a huge topic all on its own about the proper way to translate things. Uh, it's really it's very complicated because. One, it's the format from le- right to left is, you know, is foreign to normal American audiences. And on, on top of that, you have cultural differences about a joke that might read differently in Japanese or a reference that will read in Japanese that Americans will understand because they don't, yeah. they don't know it. They didn't grow up with it. You know, a, a saying that we would understand, they wouldn't in the same way. And. I don't, no one does this, right, anymore? No one flop, no one, everyone does, just publishes it in right to left. I think there's probably a small minority at this point, but I think that most people nowadays, it's, it's understood that it goes the other way. Like, I think people, they, they just didn't have, (laughs) they didn't think people would understand, oh, why is this book backwards? I don't know how to read it. They just weren't prepared to spring that on people. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I understand it more. I mean, it's one of the very first big mangas that's translated. Having to explain that to people is would, I don't know. I think you could. You, the very first time I remember, the first time I had, I read something from right to left in within a like two minutes, my brain had adjusted. It didn't take very long for me to go. Oh yeah, I read from right to left now. Like it's it's not that complicated, but. I can imagine it's a hard Marvel comics in 1990. It's probably a harder sell. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have Spider-Man in it. <laughs> it's strange how we have to m- conform other forms of art to the way we're used to reading it. I don't, mm-hmm. it's a, it was a, it's a very strange instinctual thing that they did for however long they did it. And the, the article I read about it specified that in most in in most instances for Acura, it didn't make that much of a difference. You know, just because everything's mirrored, you know, you. Mm-hmm. But it turns out most people turn into you know, it's weird. Like people turn left-handed all of a sudden. Like everyone is left-handed because they yep. mirrored the the all the art. There's a few things that they. I guess would have affected the reading if you're reading very, very carefully. Like I think that one time, uh, one of the numbers on someone's hand, one of, of the espers got omitted because it would have been flipped. Yeah. And so you, if you're reading very carefully, you don't, you know, that's not there, but you could pick that up through context clues generally. I, I don't know. It, it feels, it feels strange to not be re- reading something in its, it's it, intended format. Yeah, and it 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 yeah. injects that measure of uncertainty about translations mm-hmm. because at a certain point, I you know I start thinking about what's what the yeah, English what, what the English version of this is. I'm reading. Oh uh, yes, what, uh, right. What is really being said? What joke is he really telling? Yeah. What what are you they know. actually saying? In like, there's m- multiple scenes that are that changing just a, a slight word here or there or the the kind of broad gesture of what the scene is trying to say can v- drastically change what is hap- what your what your thoughts about a character are and 
you don't know that it, every time I hit one of those scenes where I go, hmm, I wonder if if that could if that reads differently originally, like if that if a Japanese person explained it to me, what their interpretation of that character is, how different would it be of mine? Otomo did, you know, he oversaw everything of of that original. I don't know if I don't know how many variations of the translations have gone through over the years, because that's another really difficult thing. Like then you get deep in. Again, I bring this up because of reading European literature. Mm-hmm. Like every time we would, I had a whole class on European literature, and every time it's like this, it's this translation, and there's four different translations, and this is yep. the one that's considered the best, but it's not necessarily, you know, in, in yeah, certain ways, every, yeah, in certain ways, maybe another one has a different tenor that you might also, it might be worth reading as well, because it could give you a little slight different interpretation. And how much of what you're reading is up to the person translating it for you. And if they translate it something, not even poorly, just differently because they have a different mindset than maybe you would reading the same thing in Japanese, it will, could drastically change the story and the story shape. Oh. <coughs> I'm curious when it just, when we decided as Decided that manga publishers have decided, hey, in English, just do it right to left. That's, I mean, you, I, you still read that stuff on Comixology, and the first page is always, this opens on the right side. You have mm-hmm. to swipe to the left to read comics. Get to it, dummy. Yeah, get to work. So clearly, they, they still have fears about it. It's amazing. Well, I mean, couldn't even do that. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I read. I think the first manga I ever read was uh, Ranma, and it was flopped. And I probably read it for the longest time, not realizing that it was flopped. I didn't even think about it. I don't know. I think, like, there's a lot of panels where the characters look weird in it. And you don't get that with a Tomo, which I think is interesting. It's pretty rare that he draws something and it doesn't look immaculate. <coughs> That's what most people complain about, that they don't like their work flopped. Because unless you sit there and you draw something in a mirror, you know, you draw it and then redraw it looking in the mirror, it uh, you, there's flaws that you're going to draw into it that you're not going to notice. Is that a thing that you were aware of? Is that a thing you'd heard before? No, but it makes it makes sense because you're you're drawing from a perspective. You're you have it if you're looking at something from its right side. You're that's what, how you're drawing it. I mean, it it I understand it just because like when you take pictures like with your fate front facing camera on your phone, some, and, or, and if your certain apps mirror it and some apps don't, it's strange, but it looks one way and then it looks the other and you're like, wait, that looks weird. It's, and it's the same, I, same principle, you know, that you're, you're the way your mind perceives from one angle. You, you're not adjusting for if it's from the other side, technically. And I did notice that in a couple places, like faces in particular. I don't know if it's maybe it's just the weird characters. I think it might have been the weird characters, but I mean it could have very well been the flipping as well. I don't. It. it, it I don't know if I just didn't notice it before, but in the third volume, it definitely I noticed like more exaggerated facial features in a lot of in, in certain characters, like like 
apart from the espers, you know, the psychic power who look weird anyway, but like the normal quote unquote normal characters suddenly like I would notice guys with big heads and very tiny faces, things like that. I don't know if they were in the first or second volumes. I just didn't notice it. Would you describe this as an epic, Eric? I think that it's, uh, it's that big, you know, it's the kind of thing that the, the stakes are high enough. You know, I think if we're talking the, the technical definition, the literary definition of what an epic is, no, it's not. I I don't know. I think it's probably as close as we're going to get in a comic. You know, there's some, a very few comics I would describe as epics, mm. and this is probably would be one of them. I think the definition probably would have to we'd have to kind of alter it different for comics because of the, the differences in the art form and the medium. Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck's an epic. I would say it is as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that this is just, it's a huge, grandiose scope and a tremendously important work. And we've read exactly half of it. So, folks, that was Acura Volumes 1 through 3, Volumes 4 through 6 next week to the dramatic conclusion, presumably dramatic conclusion. This mm-hmm. this one ended with a giant psychic bomb. So nowhere to go what up. All good times in volumes four through six, right, Eric? Mm-hmm. Parties, happy, dancing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh read along with us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. You can find links to everything there, new episodes downloadable and streaming to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter at hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Reach out to us any of those places. Like us, follow us, uh, give us a good review on iTunes, subscribe, five stars, all those cool things. Uh, word of mouth reviews are also, uh, greatly appreciated. Suggest us to your friends. Uh, if you want to follow me online, I'm on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you on your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com and see most of the things I get up to by going to EricZGoodnight.com, including my Instagram, where I'm known as EasyGoodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at MrBadExample. Spelled MR bad example. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.